0: podcast. My name is Chris Moore. We get together and we do this about twice a week. We uh, talk about what we are chewing on in God's Word and what's kind of occupying our hearts and minds. And this week we have Sean Duncan with us, and Sean is the college pastor here at University Fellowship Church. So, Sean, what are you chewing on?
1: Well, I thought we would just continue what we started talking about a few weeks ago, which was the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount um, that's what I took the youth through in the summer, both high school and m- middle school. We spent seven weeks in the Sermon on the Mount. That's what my own um, spiritual disciplines were rooted in was the Sermon on the Mount. So that's what I was doing in my personal time and then also in my job. So I, I, my entire summer was just overwhelmed with Sermon on the Mount. And it was great. So that's what's just literally stuck in my head. So I thought we'd pick it up from there. Um, and we've talked about it in the past, so people can go back and kind of get an introduction to Sermon on the Mount and, and an introduction to the Beatitudes and what those are. Uh, but I wanted to talk about the second Beatitude uh, today with you, which is blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. This is the second Beatitude that Jesus says, and and this blessing is really a blessing of promise and of hope. And He says, blessed are those who mourn, and... Uh, mourning, being, uh, being sad, uh, lamenting about something, seeing some brokenness in the world, something that's not right, some injustice, and feeling heartsick about it—that's the experience of mourning. And it could be because of something that's been done to us or happened to us, or maybe just something that's happened around us. Maybe a loved one uh, becomes sick or someone uh, was just rude to like our wife at work or something and then we get upset about that like that that's a feeling of mourning. So that experience, Jesus says those who experience that and those who are experiencing that that they're blessed. And I don't know about you, but usually when I'm having a bad day and I'm f- having the feeling of mourning, my first thought isn't I am so blessed. <laughs> Like, Lord is good to me today. Yeah, let's you know. Double portion of that, that uh, mourning, please. Yeah. And I actually don't think that is what Jesus is saying. He's not saying that when you mourn, you're experiencing God's blessing on your mm, life. Yeah. Um, that's not to say that bad things that uh, we experience in life can't be a sign of God's goodness. Because I, I think the scripture is very clear that that when we go through suffering as believers because of the brokenness of this world that God it, it uses that to refine our character to produce hope within our hearts to sanctify us to um, to make us long for His glory all the more which is all good things for us uh, what man intends for good God intends for what man intends for evil God intends for good yeah. but but this experience of mourning Jesus is saying that. Um, Those who mourn, the reason that they're blessed, the blessing is a promise, and he's saying that they're going to be comforted. All humans experience at some point um, a sense of mourning or of sadness. So he's not saying that every single person is going to be comforted. In fact, that is not what's going to happen, because we know that those who do not um, have Christ as their Lord and Savior, that they're going to be separated from God for all of eternity, and so they're not going to experience comfort from their mourning. But Jesus is speaking specifically to his followers, to those who have come to him for rest, those who are his disciples, and he says for to every single follower of Christ. He says, "Those of you who are mourning or those of you who will mourn, you're blessed because you're going to be comforted one day." And so he's looking forward to something that's going to happen in the future. Um and what he's looking forward to is actually something that all the Israelites were were anticipating and hoping for already. And it's a really important promise from the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 40. And it's this hope of a new exodus that's going to take place. Um, The people of Israel had been taken into exile. Uh, The book of Isaiah looks forward to how the Israelites were going to go into exile, be taken away from their home, forced to live somewhere that's foreign to them, and learn a language that's not their own as slaves. And the hope of Isaiah 40 is that, Even when that happens, one day God is actually going to bring them back. So here's how Isaiah 40 reads. And it's a really, really important chapter of Isaiah. Isaiah is a hard book to understand. (laughs) Uh, I think of Forrest Gump often. I am not a smart man (laughs) when it comes to the book of Isaiah. But here's, here's what Isaiah 40 says. It says, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended. And all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And this is the section that is picked up in the book of Isaiah, or I'm sorry, in, in the book of Mark. Um, this is quoted, this passage from Isaiah, when you're being introduced to John the Baptist, that he's the voice crying out in the wilderness, and he's preparing the way of the Lord. And right after you read this introduction to John the Baptist, who's who's preaching a message of repentance in the wilderness, the next person you're introduced to is Jesus showing up you are introduced to the Lord who John the Baptist prepared the way for. And it is through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus that the glory of the Lord is revealed. And it's through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus that the iniquity of the people is actually pardoned. Um, Jesus' ministry, though, is a two-parter. There's going to be a part two to what he has done. There was a first coming, which in his life, death, and resurrection, he... He paid the penalty of sins. He secured victory over spiritual evil in this world. And now this message of repentance and forgiveness of sins is going out to the nations. When he comes back uh, for his second coming, he's going to make all things new, a new heavens and a new earth. And in the book of Revelation, when it begins to talk about this new heavens and new earth, um, the author, John, the, the visionary, he, he gives the picture of there being no more tears no more reason to cry. God himself wiping away your tears. And that's a visible and visceral picture of comfort. And that's the hope that the people had been waiting for since the book of Isaiah, since the prophet Isaiah spoke to the people. And now Jesus is sitting down with his disciples. He's saying, you're going to be comforted. They're, they're seeing the promises of God come into fulfillment and they're getting to actually experience the faithfulness of God. And that's something that we get to experience every day when we read the Sermon on the Mount. We see the faithfulness of God play out before us and we can find rest and comfort knowing that there's an ultimate comfort that we're awaiting. And that, that ultimate reality we can begin to experience now in our times of suffering, in our times of, of sadness, and in our times of mourning because God is with us and, and Christ will never leave us or forsake us.
0: Wow. That's amazing. Yeah.
1: So, um, as
0: someone is kind of chewing on all this stuff, um, what, what do you tell somebody right now who is experiencing that morning? I mean, you kind of touched on it just a moment ago, but, um, someone might read this and they think, oh, none of my problems are going away in this life. I have to think of, you know, this, this, the second coming, the sequel, um, for all this to be resolved.
1: Yeah. Uh, on one hand, the, the anticipation of the second coming is a really good biblical position to have. If that's what they're, they're experiencing of, man, this is never going to get better until Christ returns. That's theologically accurate. Yeah. Like they're right. Yeah. Uh, and, and they should be longing and and praying just as the end of the book of revelation prays, come Lord Jesus, come they're, they're wanting that, that restoration. Um, I would also say to anyone who's mourning, the, the experience of mourning is not a wrong or bad experience. It doesn't mean something's wrong with you. That actually means something is right with you. I mean, think about the things that we mourn in our life. We mourn death. And we mourn sickness. And we mourn injustice. And we mourn poverty. And we mourn when people take advantage of other people. And we mourn when bullies keep picking on the, the kid who can't stand up for himself. If you're mourning over those things, that means something is right about you. That's actually mm. an expression of the image of God. God laments those things too. Mm. It, he is sorrowful about the, the sin and the evil in this world. So our mourning is just a, an expression of that. So this wouldn't be to say... Don't mourn or if you're feeling those things, try to suppress them actually you should you should cry out in mourning when a loved one or someone around you dies that that's a good faithful godly response to have, but the hope of the beatitude is that one day you won't have to do that anymore because there's not going to be any more death and there's not going to be any more sickness and there's not going to be any more injustice so Hold on to the hope of what's to come, but also don't see your mourning as there being something wrong with you. Nothing's wrong with you. That's a good thing to be experiencing, even though um, it it may be a painful thing to experience in the moment. Um, And what else I would say is um, there's a proverb that says hope deferred makes the heart sick. And it's this idea of hoping for something and then it never arriving and you just kind of get discouraged the hope we have in the promises of the gospel will never be hope deferred. Even though it might not come as soon as we want it to, it will come. It's not like you're really hoping that someone throws you a surprise party, but at the end of the day, like you never know if they're actually going to do it. That's a. I mean, I am hoping that. Yeah, I know. I would like. When's surprise. your birthday again? March seventeenth. March seventeenth. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, St. Patrick's Day. Everybody throws you a birthday party every world, year. Yeah, everybody makes bad it. choices. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we mourn those bad choices. We do Chris. mourn
0: those bad choices.
1: <laughs> yeah, so the the hope of comfort is never gonna be a hope that's deferred. It, it's never gonna be passed off. It's not gonna be a maybe. It's an absolute guarantee, and Jesus purchased it with his blood on the cross.
0: Yeah, and one thing I hear you say all the time and other people in this office is this idea of now but not yet, mm-hmm. and that a lot of times Jesus speaks in the present about a future event, mm-hmm because it's as good as done.
1: Yes. Yeah, on the cross, he just says, it is finished. Uh, the The fancy term for the Greek word that he uses is it's a perfect verb, meaning it's a past event that has ongoing implications. It is, present tense, finished, past tense. Hmm. So his work concluded, but the results of his work are ongoing and will never end. Anyone can experience them. They will go on forever. The same thing can be said about... Uh, things that God will do in the future because he determined that he would do them since before the foundation of the world. Right. Even though we haven't experienced it in this timeline yet, they are as good as done because God in his sovereignty and his just decrees has already declared it to be.
0: What a security we get to hold on to. Yeah. Wow. Lots of comfort there. Yeah. Sean, pleasure as always. Thank you for sharing and giving us a, a little nugget out of that giant gold mine you got on top of your shoulders. Yeah, man, that was fun. <laughs> we will uh, see you next time. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week. So please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples.